Holman, I must apologize um, that I am a little hoarse. I was at a four-wheel parts event out in Ontario, California like today. I was a little hoarse. Yeah, no, no, no. It's my voice. Yeah, but I, I can't complain because I saw your road trip yeah. that you were doing, like going what eighteen-hour drive yeah. all the way from Den- Diesel Power Challenge yep. in Denver to LA. LA, yeah, eighteen hours straight, and uh, it it was a thousand miles basically. Um, and I'm feeling it today. I mean, I, I love road tripping. In fact, I'm going on another cross country road trip because I have to pick up a truck next week, and we can talk about it in a future episode because I'll be. No, I'm not. Hold, I, before you go too far, I can't feel too sorry for you. You yeah. drove that Nissan Titan outside. Yeah, was that you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both ways. Both ways. Twenty-two hundred well, miles. In it's comfy. I don't feel so bad. I mean, no. I feel bad for eighteen hours driving. Yeah. But there's a lot of truckers that are doing a really crappy like Peterbilt's and stuff, <laughs> oh, man. and you're out here in the Titan. So, so, so I couldn't tell it's dark out. What is that? A, it's a like a burnt orange color. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. It kind of looked maroon, but it was. You know, I can't tell by the streetlights. Yeah. The uh, you know last week we were talking about what a great road trip truck that is, dude. So good. Zero gravity seats. It's got the air conditioned and heated seats. It's got the heated steering wheel, but it was 113 when I we went through Vegas, so wasn't too worried about that. Now, it, I saw you posted <laughs> up a picture of the, where are you outside of the uh, the world's tallest thermometer in Baker, Baker right? Yeah. Baker, California. Yep. And you guys have never heard of Baker, California, unless you've traveled from Las Vegas uh, on the 15 freeway to LA or vice versa. And it is the, how do you describe the world's largest, tallest thermometer? Well, I guess it is it, what it is. Yeah, right. It, you know what? It's a, it's a, it's a steel structure. I don't know. It looks like it's maybe four stories tall. And it's, it's like got giant LEDs. LED lights. Yeah, I think it's right. 134 feet tall because it was, that's the hottest uh, temperature ever recorded in Death Valley. And Baker's the gateway to Death Valley. So as you're driving along the 15, you can see this big thermometer. Well, for the longest time, it didn't work. It was broken. Nobody put money into it, and somebody just bought it and reinvested in it. Oh, so, so wait a minute, Bun Boy, the uh, the hamburger stand is not there anymore. Yeah, I don't know if Bun Boy's there now. They have a visitor center because it was um, built by Bun Boy, right? Yeah, I think the, it was associated with it. Yeah, something like that. Okay. As as like a ploy to, you know, to get people to go in there. But you know, Baker's pretty grown up now. It's amazing. But <laughs> no, it is yeah, not. Yeah, no, no, it's not. You know, not. So my wife is like, well, why are you stopping in Baker? The it's only people asshole. that live in Baker are the ones that work at that uh, the gas station well, and what used to be the Bun Boy. Don't forget the inmates that live at the fire department, the volunteer inmates. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, you know what? There's a Del Taco and some other yeah, stuff in dude. town. They're jacking the box. Dude, now you go through my wife's like, don't stop in that asshole. What are you going to eat there? I'm like, dude, you have no idea. So now they have Del Taco, Fat Burger, Yogurt Land, Carl's, Arby's, right. Burger King. Yeah, they do them all. Alien but, but, beef jerky? But you, but you, the alien beef jerky is cool. Do you yeah. see the, the behind alien beef jerky? They're building a, a hotel all alien themed. <laughs> Did you see the street yeah. lights? They're all they're all like spacecrafts. Do not want to stay there. I, I wouldn't stay there either. Dude, but if you creepy. guys get a chance, you got to stop at alien jerky. And just, I know the jerky's overpriced. And then they have all the hot sauces, <laughs> so which cool, like, though. yeah, dynamite butt hot sauce. You know, where you, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's crazy. But it's really interesting. They're building a total tourist trap behind the alien yeah. jerky. This is off the 15 freeway. Hey, they figured if you got and off the 15, they're going to give you a reason to stay, right? They are, absolutely. I might stay there just for, like, kitsch factor. Yeah, You're no. like, this is going to be so cheesy. I don't need a big black-eyed be, you know, being looking at. I'm just going to – I know I'm going to lay in bed, and I'm going to fall asleep thinking that guy's looking through my window. How do we get on this topic? Oh, uh, oh the bun know. boy, because you were yeah, going yeah, the 15 yeah. freeway. Well, listen, I uh, I was jealous that you were up in that, uh, you know, in the Titan taking the, uh, the trip. Nice truck, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. seriously nice truck. You know, great radio, soft leather, Oh, so quiet. that's the Fosgate system in there, yeah. the Rockford? Okay. Yeah, if you're the guy that is always- Were you busting hip-hop in there? Because it's got bass. Okay, so I'm, I'm not going to lie. There is a new channel on Sirius XM that's like OG rap, mm-hmm. and there's a commercial when I was listening to Lithium, and I'm like, I'm going to go check it out. There was so much good stuff. Like, I, I was like, 
Okay, like gin and juice was on. I just wish that the quality. The I just and... wish the quality of Sirius XM didn't suck so hard. Yeah, I mean that is like it's like, dude, it's a bad MP3. It is just crap yeah, but quality. I've but ruined I've... my hearing in automotive for so long that I can't tell the difference. Oh really? <laughs> I'm like, oh, sounds like music to me. Now but it's cool because you don't have to worry about picking up a you know a radio signal. You can be in <laughs> yeah. the middle of the desert well, at, at the honest, gateway yeah. of Death Valley. Honestly, I've driven cross country a lot of times, and before satellite radio, you'd, every city you'd go through, you'd have to figure out what station for nah. hour. That dude, that's it's fun. Ugh. I love going through towns I've never been and then hunting through the stations. Oh man, that's when me. I listen to like that's when I listen to formats I don't ever listen to. I'm yeah. like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll stomach some country today. Yeah, I'm gonna listen to pop. No, I don't want to listen <laughs> to pop because that's the same everywhere. But I'll look yeah. for like if I can find a public access station or do uh, college radio. College radio is good. Bad. Yeah, I, I, I will. I won't. I can't deny that college radio is pretty badass yeah. on the road. Yeah. So okay, you were at Diesel Power Challenge. Before we get into, I'm really excited. You got a bunch of interviews from there. Yep. And before we go any further, we got to say the show is now officially presented by Nissan, which I could not be more stoked on. Yeah. No. Awesome. You got to remember the Nissan Titan five year, hundred thousand mile warranty. Great road trip machine. If you haven't checked out a Titan, go down to your local Nissan dealership if it's time for you to check out new trucks and at least give it a drive. You might be surprised. Comfortable and Very comfortable. rugged as a mofo. Dude, would, in that five, Would they be cool with me saying truck, yeah, rugged as a mofo? Okay. Yeah. And that 5.6, 32-valve, dual-overhead cam V8. got to tell you, I think it sounds pretty sweet. When you're on a road trip and you need to pass the guy in the right lane. And by the way, so, if, you're, if you're a diesel solid. guy- Yep, 5-liter Cummins and the XD. So, you know, hey, it may not be the right engine for you if you're the guy who needs an F-350 or something like that, but for the guy with a 10,000-pound know, trailer, do all day long. Or a mid-sized boat. Whatever, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, quality. it's 555 uh, foot-pounds of torque. And they're awesome for supporting the show. We got a huge show for you guys. You, Holman, were at Diesel Power Challenge, and where were you? Not outside of Denver, right? Yeah, Denver, Colorado. Okay, and you got interviews that I want to get to right after we start the show. The Truck Show. We're gonna show you what we know. We're gonna answer what the truck. Cause truck rides with. The Truck Show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Truck Show yes, with your is. hosts, Lightning and Holman. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey. Episode... It is the Truck Show. Ex- what episode are we on? 14. 14. So. Yeah. Did you see that we were uh, ranked again in the top five on automotive and iTunes? I did. Yeah, that's pretty rad, dude. dude we I uh, sent Finnegan a uh, a text. Yes. And I go, hey. Mike Finnegan, Mike right, Finnegan. who was on last, uh, no, two episodes ago. So I had taken a screenshot, and I go, hey, we beat you today. We were at three, and you were at five, and now you're at four, and we're at five, LOL. He writes back, that's all scam. <laughs> So we we had uh, we had Kibby and Finnegan uh, for about uh, twelve hours, <laughs> right? And now we're back. And now we're back. Now we're back, falling down the charts. But thank you guys for sticking with <laughs> us. And uh, tell your friends, please do subscribe. Speaking of that, we should get into uh, inbox before we get into the DPC stuff. Oh really? We got a lot of really cool emails from people. Okay, you're gonna have to print it out because I don't have any. It's all on your laptop. By the way, we sent a boatload of shirts out, dude, and we need to send out a boatload more. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I might we're gonna go broke. I might warn people. Uh, <laughs> you better get your emails in now because we're running out of shirts. No, no, dude. I, it's like Doritos. I'll make more. All right. You email. Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email. Proofread. I email. Send it. We email. Click it. Everybody email. 
before you get the email, by the way, thank you for going to Wiener Schnitzel to get me this Dr. Pepper, dude. I'm using that as fuel. <laughs> yeah, but but I like the look on your face when I pulled up. You go, well, you didn't say you're stopping at Wiener Schnitzel. <laughs> dude, I, I needed the two chili dog deal, I gotta be honest. Oh. For you guys on the East Coast, you don't know what you're missing. Wiener oh. Schnitzel crushes. <laughs> Although women won't eat Wiener no, no, Schnitzel, no, no, no. dude. It's my such mom, a dude thing. Dude, my mom's so funny. My uncle was known back in the day because he was like a Wiener Schnitzel aficionado, right? No, I am. No, no, I no. am. Yeah. So my mom, I I remember bringing home Wiener Schnitzel, and she, you know, they they're known for their chili cheese dogs, but their chili is like gelatinous. No, no, like no, meat they're, they're, in they're, it. no. No, it's, it's but it's, it's delicious. It's, it's it's patties that they <laughs> that they dice up. I, I, and I get it. But throw it's, into some weird the consistency's sauce. Consistency's weird. If if you leave it out overnight, it like turns into a glue. Yes, it does. But it does taste great. So yeah. I remember one time I I had brought my Wiener Schnitzel home, and my mom looks at me. She goes, hmm, Wiener Schnitzel, huh? I said, yeah. She goes, why don't you take what's in that bag and throw it right in the toilet and just eliminate the middleman? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if you're ever if you ever get constipated, a chili dog will just loosen that right up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm confident that that is a true statement. Yes, it is. All right, what you got? I wanted to start with our good friend uh, Wayne Pratt, and Wayne Pratt says, "I'm late to the podcast party on Spotify, but your show is the first I ever listened to." Your jingles are ungodly horrible, but I make it through them, LOL. Oh, <laughs> come on. I'm a owner-operator of a car hauler, so I get to drive new Fords and Nissan trucks every day. I like to listen to the way you guys review them along with the aftermarket parts. Keep up the good work. I look forward every Tuesday morning now that I'm all caught up. Oh, yeah. If I any chance, I'm lucky enough to get on the Air XL shirt. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. It's on the way. And he actually sent us a picture of his uh, semi-truck. That has. Oh, let me see. Yeah. Let me see. What, what is he driving? He's got he's a. got a Kenworth, a Peterbilt, a. Uh, what, oh, it's hard no, to tell. I can't tell That's a that. big ass car hauler right yeah, there. Yeah, it is. Well, that is got to be. I, well, I have got mad respect. Those things are sketchy. When I see him going over uh, or under overpasses, I just think, how does he know that he's not going to take the roof off a brand new Mercedes? Yeah. You know, the one on the yeah, top? Yeah, I've seen him close. Whoa. Uh, so, funny story about Diesel Power Challenge. I got to drive a semi. Well, I there. saw you on your Instagram. <laughs> I was so jealous. Do you know I'm getting my Class A license, yeah. mother trucker? All yeah. right. All right. Yeah. No, my buddy Brandon uh, had a semi out, and uh, we use it to tow one of the trailers that we use in the competition. And he goes, hey, you want to move the truck for me? I'm like, hell yes, I want to move the truck. So he let me drive it around up there and uh, and grinding gears. And, you know, I did here's- Wait, this, why were you grinding gears? So this is stupid. You're like, a good driver. No, no. I, and I, I drive a lot and blah, 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 and I know how to drive stick. But here's what's fascinating. So I didn't know. So this had an Eaton 10 speed, so it was a high-low range. Um, and what was cool is he's like, you only use the clutch to turn it on and to leave the line. He goes, you never touch the clutch while you're driving. He goes, if you drive it smooth, you can do it with two fingers. And by the end of the day, I was driving it around. Sure enough, you never touch the clutch. What? And you just sometimes you blip the throttle to, to rev match and stuff like that, but you never touch the clutch. And, and I was motoring around uh, Bandamere Speedway. And he was giving me lessons, and we went. We make this cone course as part of the Diesel Power Challenge. Were you pulling a, a 55 foot trailer, or just it's no, just no, no, a rig? No. This was a bobtail. He used it to okay. pull our 11,500 pound trailer that we use for the trailer tow. We do eighth mile drag race with it. So this truck didn't care. The trailer was behind it, and we had set up this cone course. And so Brandon's like, "Yeah, go. You can go drive it." And I'm like, "Are you sure?" He goes, "Yeah." And all my guys had set up these cones all over the course. Oh, so they're screwing with you, dude! I murdered them in the truck. <laughs> I, I hit thousands of cones, and I see my one of my oh, guys. Poor little cones. Mark Snyder about 200 feet away with his arms in the air going, why? <laughs> and I'm laughing and I'm doing the air horn on it and it's like total 
Bucket list, childhood dream. I got to drive a big rig. It was awesome. So seriously, did you take a picture of all the smush cones behind you? Uh, somebody has a picture of it with Mark <laughs> probably crying because they had just set it up. And, so, and oh. They're all pancaked. And, and I, I'm sure I'm sure our buddies who are, are out there listening who drive semis are probably laughing like, you dumbass. But, it, yeah. you know, for a guy, I've, I've you know, towed trailers up to, you know, 25,000 pounds and, and whatever. And it's different in a three-quarter ton truck. You get in a semi, it's a whole different thing. This thing, this thing had air brakes on it, and it was cool. It's something I've always wanted to do, and, you know, just... I'm doing that too, dude. Yeah. I, I honestly, like, I'm very excited to get a Class A. I'm not. So I've had my opportunities to get it, and I've decided not to. Because of the insurance implications? No. Um, because of the DUI implications. Because well, in most states, you're a 0.01. Okay. And so even if you're driving your personal vehicle- How about this? Don't drink and drive. No, no. I understand. I understand. Okay. But if you are somewhere and you have one drink and you're 0.002 or 0.02 okay. or whatever, if you have a commercial, you're considered DUI, even though you're not even close gotcha. otherwise. Plus, you have to get your uh, medical every two years. Okay. And you got to get that stuff re-upped. Don't and care. I get, to well, drive, I get to drive a big rig. And in California, there's no traffic school. So that kind of sucks too. There's, mm, yeah, so it's still worth it to me. All right, still worth it. Got to right. do it. I hired a guy on staff who has his, his commercial driver's license, okay. and so he does all the the big driving. Right. We've driven, you know, all the big stuff at the proving grounds and stuff like that. In fact, I lied. I've actually driven a trailer with thirty thousand pounds because it was a Ford F four fifty deal on the proving grounds. It's and still so, different though. But yeah, totally heavy load, different. but not a not a right. big rig. Right. So anyway, it's just one of those things where I've weighed it, and not that I drink and drive, I don't. I'm not that I encourage it, I don't. But if you were to have your Vicks NyQuil or something like that, and you're just a little bit, I just, yeah, do you really want no, to- No, I get it. I get the risk. I get the risk. It's still worth it for me, because I'm really excited. It's, to me, it is it's it is on a bucket list. On yeah, my bucket list, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do it Me for sure. for sure, too. This one's from Mike. Hey, guys, I just started listening to your podcast, and I'm finding it very interesting. I've made it through two episodes so far and plan to continue to listen to you guys. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. <laughs> so the diesel episode was cool because while I got lost in some tech stuff you guys talked about, it was really neat listening to the guy from Cummins and Ford. But the Finnegan episode was pure awesome. I love roadkill, and I can't wait for you guys to have Mike on again. That makes all of us. Uh, keep it up. You guys are cool. Oh, very cool. Yeah. We got a T-shirt for you. Oh, wait, he wrote back and said, uh, here's my address, by the way, size large. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, all right. All right, Mike. Shirt on the way. So I've got an email here from Trevor. Trevor says, I want to throw out a question to you guys about truck selection. Just wondering what your take on it would be. For the purpose of adventuring, road trips, backcountry, overland style truck, what would you choose from these two options? So number one, he's already got an O2 crew cab short bed Duramax with a six-speed ZF6, which is awesome. Strip model 4x4, and he's going to be putting a uh, Dana 60 from a Super Duty in the front once we're in 37s, 38s. All right. But he says, I'm kind of falling in love with his work truck, which is a 17 F-150, and he's considering special ordering through the fleet an 18 XL strip model power stroke 4x4 and doing camber, control arms, remote reservoirs, devers, etc. says, I'm keeping the Duramax either way. It was dirt cheap, and the ZF6 is like a unicorn and so fun, plus it's got more capabilities in other areas than mentioned. But if someone held the keys to both of these vehicles and you had the two- or three-week adventure, say SoCal to Prudhoe Bay, which is an adventure... On my bucket list, by the way. Wait, SoCal to Prudhoe Bay? Yeah. You're talking about Alaska? Uh, Arctic Circle, yeah. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, yeah, okay, no, yeah. A... No, so I've driven to Fairbanks, Alaska, up the yeah. Alcan Highway. Yeah. That's a, an amazing trip. On my bucket list. Both Just don't do it in December like I did. Yeah, not good. Yeah, yeah no. you did it to get a Christmas tree. Yeah, that's another story. We'll tell <laughs> for another day, yeah. Uh, and he says, uh, either Prudhoe Bay, Alaska, or Baja, which set of keys would you grab? Now, wait. So you're going to answer this for him? Uh, yeah. No, that's that's the wrong drum roll, isn't it? That's yeah. like you're jumping off a diving board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't have another one. That's Go it. ahead. Uh, honestly, if uh, the Duramax is in good shape 
and he's already planning on solid axle swapping it, and he's going to put good suspension on it and have 37s, I'd kind of go with that just for the simple fact that there's less emissions equipment on it and there's less to go wrong. You don't have to worry about automatic transmission, tranny cooler, any of those caking up with road debris, salt, mud, whatever. I kind of go with the Duramax because I think you can build that up pretty simple and I think it would be a badass rig. I really do. Nothing wrong with the camber kit on an F-150. I mean, you go haul ass and stuff. And you can't talk smack about Camber because we have Jerry, yeah. one of the uh, <laughs> one of the founders, coming up on the next episode. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So we lo- love Camber F one fifty Power Stroke four x four by all purposes should be a great truck. I haven't been in it. Don't know how reliable that engine's going to be. Listen, it the, but the D Max like that uh, is. I'm going D Max. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm going so D-Max. versatile. Yeah. So many parts for it, especially that generation. So for for me, I think I'd have to say Duramax, especially if he's putting in a newer one, but keeping the ZF six. More power to you. I think that's cool. Yeah. This one's from Austin. Hey, guys, finally caught up on my podcast, sort of. Sorry, KB and Finnegan. <laughs> and wow, I learned a bunch in these last three episodes. It was kind of awesome to hear the inside story of the Raptor and spy photography and to learn about Hellwig products. Going to order some of that stuff for my Super Duty. Holman, thank you for making the already terrible V6 <laughs> 1500 Silverado at work even more terrible and bringing Tyreco on. One more place to look for tires for my Wagoneer. And to end, having Finnegan on made episode 12 my favorite so far. Suckish level, way down. <laughs> Awesomeness level, cranked to 11. Yeah! Sweet! I fly with that one. <laughs> All there right. That was nice. Thank you, Austin. Uh, we appreciate that. And I've got one more here from Randall. Randall says, hey, guys, great job on episodes 11 and 12. I really enjoyed listening to Finnegan. And hearing- I feel dirty that all these are so complimentary because I yeah. feel like... <sighs> I mean, we're trying hard, but I, I know that we're not up to we're, snuff we're not, yet. We're not there yet. We're not up yeah. to Kibi and Finnegan no, no, no. or Adam Carolla yet. or like any of these things. Yet. You know what I mean? Like, yet. 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 But, <laughs> yet. I, but I will tell you, we have two one-star reviews on iTunes now. I, I saw well, those, and yeah, that dude was a dick. Yeah, so there was basically was a, a guy trolling us, and we blocked him from the Facebook page because he was just ranting about a bunch of stuff and how stupid we were and all listen, that. Like, we, by the way, hold, for the record, for the yeah. record, yeah. But no one, ne- well, just us two, <laughs> yeah. we never profess to be experts. No. We're the first guys to say that if we don't know it, and listen, it's obvious. You guys are listening. You're not You're not idiots. You know that Holman, who is a uh, a, a storied magazine editor, is that right? Story? Sure, no. I'll take it. <laughs> Story. <laughs> no, but for a really long time, yep. and you know a lot, but you admittedly, you're like, I don't wow. know about the newest Cummins. Let's get the expert on. Yeah. I don't know about this. Let's get the expert on. And I'm more of, I'm sitting in the passenger seat. I'm co-pilot. And I just, I, I love your energy and your excitement for trucks. And I, I am new to it. I, I have been buying trucks, but I have not, I'm not deep in it. I'm not a mechanic. I'm not changing yeah. gears or doing transmission but, work. But, on the, on but I'm, a, I'm a huge enthusiast. But that doesn't make us assholes for not knowing everything <laughs> right. about everything. Right, well, you, here's you the deal. Can't. On, the, on that, same, that same line of thinking, I don't know audio production. I don't know how to put out a quality sounding well, podcast. Well, I mean, I'm not an expert either. <laughs> I brought you in for a reason. No, right, right, uh, right. you know, Really, you know, the, it comes down to Lightning and I are two friends. We've known each other for a long time. We have a common interest in uh, in trucks, and we thought, hey, let's do a cool podcast because it would be fun. And I mean, the, see, the one star made me kind of defensive. I was it a little mad. It sucked. I was like, well, yeah, because I saw that. I mean, because the guy on, was an a You knew who he, you knew the whole deal about. We, like, he got mad at us because you know he he wrote a bunch of crap on our Facebook page and said, hey man, I totally respect that. Maybe this isn't the podcast for you. And then he starts going off on. I'm like, all right, well, you're you're done. And so, of course, the next day, our very first number, you know, one star review. But we've got 101. We're still five star rated for iTunes. And listen, Randall, look, if you want, hold on, if you guys want serious, deep 
Tech Talk. There are other places for you to go. We're just having yeah. some fun with some trucks. Yeah, we're just having truck Come fun. Come on, lighten up, broham. Hashtag <laughs> truck love. All right, so getting back to Randall's email here. He says, uh, I can't wait to show my Chevy-loving brother how off-center his steering wheel is. You crushed a lot of people, by the way, with we that We got a thing. lot of, lot of emails. So for, there might not be people who bring those up to speed that did not hear the episode okay. where, you, where you crushed me out of my truck. Yeah, so the deal is any Chevy truck for like the past 20, 25 years, the steering wheel is not centered on the front seat, on the driver's seat. It's now, awesome. now you you're sitting in there and you're thinking that it is. Right. But look at the the bow tie yeah. in the center of the steering wheel, and then draw a line with your eyes straight down between your legs. It and, doesn't yeah. hit you square in the crotch. Nope. It's over about an inch and a quarter. Yeah, and like then it'll ruin your experience yeah. from there forward. <laughs> so all these people have been writing, going, "Oh, dude, I noticed it now. It's all I can think about." So this guy wants to uh, wants to uh, mess with his brother. Keep up the great work, and congratulations on your sponsorship with Nissan. I'm excited for many more episodes to come. Oh yeah. I'm a 2XL. <laughs> yeah, well, send you shirt. Hey, by the way, this this podcast, some some podcasts are serial in that you needed you need to listen from like point A to point yeah. B to get the whole backstory. This is not the case. You can go out of order, share one with your friends or whatever. So we our topics are just all over the map. So you don't need to listen yeah, to check one in at any time. Before, absolutely. We, we try and give good descriptions in our titles so that you have an idea. I mean, they're mediocre titles. Yeah, no, they are bad. <laughs> so uh, a couple uh, new reviews on iTunes. So uh, again, we really appreciate anybody uh, who is listening. If you can give us a five-star review and subscribe. Date Farm Jacob 93 says, Truck goodness, there's a lot of energy in this podcast, and son of a bitch, I love it. Yeah! <laughs> uh, he says, I can thank old Mike Finnegan for leading me to this podcast, and I'm glad he did. Keep up the good work, fellas. I'm on episode two now, but should be caught up soon. Nice. Five-star. Five-star. Five-stars. High-fiving. All right, and then we got a uh, a note from Eco Diesel Tom says, "Great listen." While driving from Oregon to Wisconsin, is he really Eco Diesel Tom? That's That's his name, Eco Diesel Tom. Says while driving from Oregon to Wisconsin in two days, I listened to all twelve episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Why? (laughs) No, no, no. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. He says kept me listening the whole time. The corn was on point. Can't get those jingles. Wait, that corn was on point? I, oh, I mean, I was being cornball. I, I oh, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. Or he was driving cross country. We turned up the corn to we, 10. Yeah, the yeah. corn was 11. Uh, he says, can't get those jingles out of my head. The content was spot on, and I'm ready for uh, more. Well, wait till you hear the diesel power challenge <laughs> challenge uh, today. <laughs> yeah, right? That's going to be good. And we got one more from Scrogbog. says, I found this podcast on a diesel <laughs> forum. <laughs> I know. Scrogbog. I found this podcast on a diesel forum. I started listening to one of the more current episodes and basically listened backwards from newest to old. I thought it was funny how Lighting and Holman joked about whether they were getting better as they went on. Turns out they did. (laughs) Says the first few are pretty rough, but every episode had me listening until the end, even through their random show-closing banter. The jingles definitely grow on you two. I'm blaming Lightning and Holman for making me want to take on a truck rebuild project when I find the right one. I've never done it before. Give this show a chance. The knowledge and interviews are awesome. Scrogbog, five star. Yes. <laughs> what are we doing next? I think we need to get into uh, the Diesel Power Challenge Challenge. Now, oh, oh really? Is this, is this, so this is where you're going to quiz me? I'm. So for those of you who remember, a few episodes ago, Lightning found some old truck commercials, vintage truck commercials, and he was quizzing me. Yes. Right? Yes, I did. And I basically went two and a half and for And you three. were amazing. All right. So Your knowledge of vintage truck television <laughs> commercials is uncanny. I must, uh, you know, I'm a child of, uh, I'm a child of the right. TV. Uh, are we ready to go? Yeah, we are ready to go. All right. And now it's time for the Diesel Power Challenge. Challenge. All right, I'm ready. What do you got? <laughs> okay, so I sent you over email earlier today. 
Yes. Three unmarked audio files. Oh, yeah, I got files. those. I got those. I, was I supposed to listen to them? Because I didn't. No, 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 no. Okay, good. No, no, I, I just wanted you to have them for the show right now. Okay. So we're going to play number one. Yeah. Number two. Yeah. Number three. Okay. And then we're going to discuss. Uh, okay, so here goes number one. Truck number two. And now it's time for the diesel <laughs> power challenge. Challenge. We got to use up all the jingles. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I had three made. I didn't know how this was going to go. <laughs> all right. Numero dos. I love that boost. I love that boost so much. I don't know if you guys have a, if you live in a city where the Grand Prix comes around, we, uh, we're near Long Beach and they have the Long Beach Grand Prix. And when the wind is blowing the right way, I can hear it when oh, the guys yeah. are warming up at my house. Because oh, yeah. I'm in Long Beach, I'm not that far. And, and when you'd, I could hear, I could go upstairs in the room and hear this. Yeah. <laughs> Turbo blow off valves. And, yeah. And I, I couldn't control my adrenaline. Yeah, if right. I did not have a ticket or a media pass, I would start freaking oh. out and feel really uncomfortable that I needed to be there. And when I was listening to that right like there, that. I was like, where, where's that? Try being there. Dude, it was like breathing for you. Like the your adrenaline just from the visceral feedback of that. Okay, so we got truck three. Let's do truck three and then we'll get into it. All right. And now it's time for the diesel power challenge. Challenge. <laughs> I just had to burn those jingles. We'll never be able to use those again. <laughs> All right. Sounds really different. I can hear the tires on this one. Yeah. So not as much on that guy, but... I don't know. Could it be deceiving? I mean, it could be. Oh. And the cool down. All right, All right. So. So here's the deal. Yeah. Which one was the Power Stroke? Which one the was last the Dur one, The last one was the Power Which Stroke. Which one was the Duramax? So number three had to be the Power Stroke, right? The power. It had to be. It had to be. Are you sure? No. Uh, yes. All I right. am sure. You're I in. Nice. Nice. Yeah, good job. Right. Yay. Okay. Okay. Which one is the Duramax? And which one is the Cummins? Can I listen to him again? If you want to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hold on. I'm just going to do a piece. Let's go. So let's go to, I'm going to go back to number one and revisit this. That was number one. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to go back to number two. All right. Number two is the Cummins. Number one is the Duramax. Yay. All right. Oh, three for three. Nice. <laughs> Good job. Sweet. 
Good I'm the job. man. I'm the man. I'm the man. I'm the man. <laughs> I just thought it would be kind of fun. See people. I mean, those are engines that were putting out like 2,000 pound-feet of torque. And by the way, there were people, you guys were listening going, you totally knew that too. Yeah, right? Yeah, I know there's guys who, they're like, oh, duh, this, you duh know, you're duh. dumb. I like that. Now, over a thousand horsepower on those guys. I mean, it just, freaking awesome. So we're going to talk to the contestants and we're going to hear from the winners coming up next. Yeah, so I, I basically uh, have a bunch of interviews, uh, just fun kind of questions with these guys who are diesel power readers. Diesel power challenge is cool because the readers vote you in and you represent your, whether you're a Ford guy, a Ram guy or a Chevy guy. All right, so Holman, I feel like there might be some people listening that don't know about the Diesel Power Challenge. How did it get started, and where are we today? So it got started, I believe the first year was back in 06, and we used to do two a year for the first couple of years. You and say, we say we. Who's we? The magazine. So it's a, it's a magazine event. It was modeled sort of after Hot Rod Power Tour, but with diesel trucks. So any of you who are on the car side and know about the Hot Rod Power Tour, which is a famous... Uh, point-to-point event. We've done it in uh, uh, Bowling Green. We've done it in Salt Lake City, but for the last 10 years or so, we've done it in Denver. Love Denver because it's a mile up, so everybody talks about how badass their truck is and the numbers at sea level it get absolutely owned at Diesel Power Challenge. Right. And people come up. I mean, there are literally people swapping out turbos, going from single to compound just because of Denver. Tuners, injectors. I mean, your whole system gets totally messed up. People don't realize what thin air really does. Oh, dude. They it, don't. Yeah. You don't know until you experience it. You can't. So people always talk about boost, yeah. right? So you can have a lot of boost, but if you have, if you're boosting thin air, right. you've got, you, you, you need cold, dense yeah. air at sea level. You don't need thin air with very little oxygen in it. Right. You got no horsepower. Right. And so we're at 5,800 feet. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's robbing you yeah. of horsepower. Uh, one of the trucks, though, did the eighth. So we it's think of it as uh, the Olympics of trucks. So we have a bunch of different categories. We do a dyno fuel economy test to see how you know how little fuel you can use over the course of you know I, I whatever the test is, uh, twenty minutes or half an hour or whatever okay. it is. We have outright dyno uncorrected. So we put the uncorrected torque and horsepower number together for your. Final score. What's the difference between corrected and uncorrected? Forgive me. I, I don't know. Well, you're usually correcting for temperature and barometric pressure and those types of things. We're just doing the, whatever the dyno spits out. Everybody's fair. It's, oh, yeah. All right. So everyone agrees the dyno, whether it's, even if the dyno's right. wrong, everyone agrees that right. that's it. Okay, exactly. got it. Right. And uh, and then we do a eighth mile trailer tow with an 11,500 pound trailer. We had one guy do it at, I believe it was 1022 at 79 miles an hour. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> I think he had 1,400 horsepower in a Duramax. Okay, don't you guys put this all on in a couple of weeks? It'll be on video, correct? It'll yeah. be on YouTube? Yeah, you can go on the Diesel Power Facebook page, uh, Diesel Power Magazine. Also, uh, we had a live feed, and there's a bunch of information. And then stay tuned on trucktrend.com. There's a ton of articles. There are actually daily recaps in there right now. Yeah, well. you had the whole Truck Trend network up there yeah. for, for a couple of days, yep, right? exactly. And then we do a, uh, a actual drag race, quarter mile. Okay. And then we do a cone course, which is like a CDL-style obstacle course, except you do it well timed. So what I found, I watched the last couple of years on video, and I found that everyone has their own specialty. Yeah. And so some of the guys, they they crush in the quarter mile, yeah. right? But they can't back a trailer up. Right, exactly. Or they do huge horsepower, or they fall apart on, you know, on the on the, uh, on the the 60-foot off you yeah. know off the line. So, like, it's, it's everyone it's has everything. their own, right? You have to be consistent. The way to win this is to be consistent across the board, right? Diesel Power Challenge, the final event is sled pull. And so it's a 300-foot sled pull to see how far you can drag the sled. 
So everybody's testing all these different disciplines. And if you want to hear more, our friends at the Diesel Performance Podcast have a ton of really in-depth technical How dare you play by another play. podcast. Yeah, well, <laughs> if you want to get really deep in the event, that's the place to go. We're just having some fun and kind of giving an overview about it. So Diesel Power Challenge had nine contestants. Okay. So I got an interview with, with each person. All right. And so uh, we'll go through and play each one, and we'll finish with the winners. Oh, perfect. So the first one Let's is... do uh, Zach Schools. All right. Uh, my name is Zach Schools. And where are you from? Uh, Bluffton, Ohio. Uh, I've got a 2004 Ford F-250 six liter uh, compound turbo setup, uh, 488 over 369. So if you had to explain Diesel Power Challenge to somebody who is a stranger in an elevator, how would you describe it? Um, a horsepower holiday thrill ride uh, with a complete curveball of elevation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess people don't realize that because we're up here in Denver, it's like 5,800 feet up. So you're about a mile up. It messes with your tuning, especially on your you know, forced induction trucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, extremely. Um, we had people, you know, guys that's been here before, you know, anybody that's been out here and done something like this, we've had them tell us time and time again, be ready for the elevation. You know, you, it's going to be this, it's going to be that, so on and so forth. And uh, you never really truly grasp what they're saying until you're out here and experience it how'd you get hooked on diesel um i grew up on a family farm um when i was in high school i was working for a uh, for a local truck shop and then um once i got out of college i worked at a john deere dealership i mean i was always working on um ag equipment and diesel trucks at home uh it ended up turning into a uh, we've got our own shop uh, bluffton diesel service um we've got We've got quite the uh, quite the business rolling at home now, and it's it's just been something. Were you in a windstorm? Oh my god! You know what's funny is, is you're in Denver, right? And and so you get those afternoon thunderstorms. Totally calm when we did this. We did it right after his final run, and then all of a sudden it was like, what? really? Like freaking really? What makes your truck or your build different than all the other uh, people in the competition here today? Um, aside from the fact that I'm the only one leaving with a broke truck. Um, <laughs> oh, and he, and broke he broke it, it good. good too. <laughs> he did what? He broke it good. Oh, he did. Oh, dude. Well, 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 we, that may be the answer to the next question. So let's just. <laughs> um, as far as something different, um, looking at uh, a lot of the other trucks are here. Um, a lot of these guys, they are they're drag racers. They they live, breathe speed. Um, this truck is by no means a drag truck. It you take one look at it, it is not drag truck. Um, it is a beautiful truck, though. This is one of the nicest and cleanest 2010 Super Duties I think I've ever seen. It's it's really well done. Yeah, this uh, this truck, um, I got it. Oh god, I've had it for quite some time now. Um, I actually I put it together and it, everything just started snowballing. What? Even, <laughs> What's happening? I don't even remember it being that bad. <laughs> wow. I'm gonna get you a, a muff, a yeah, little, a little, a, muff? a little muff to uh, a muffle to I, put on your. I would love uh, your for you microphone. To give me a muff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? A little yeah. wind soccer, whatever yeah, the hell it's called. It goes on your microphone. This is a show and shine truck. We've had it in a lot of show and shines. Um, one of a lot of a lot of awards with it, and uh, um, as as. This is Sean Holman reporting from inside the eye of a storm. <laughs> you know, we started adding more power, more power, more power to it, and then uh, it just it got to the point to where you know what you know we're, we're going to try this. You know? What's your approximate power on this truck? You taped this right from uh, inside Katrina, didn't you? Oh my God, dude! I'm telling this massive. I looked at the radar as soon as this thing was over, and it was like a red blob coming our way. It's like, oh, uh, right around a thousand. Okay. 
All right, all right. Last question. Your worst experience before, during, or after building your truck? And it may be five minutes ago. I'm not <laughs> yeah, sure. My, my worst experience with this truck was probably about 10 minutes ago when, <laughs> when the axle walked out from underneath. So let, let's give, I mean, this is a podcast, so we'll have to like take a picture and show you because you can't see it. You actually spun the tubes on the axle. You broke your lower link. The pumpkin looks like it's sitting at a 45-degree pinion angle, and the what? axle actually yeah. walked to where it kissed the front of your bed because it wasn't being located any longer. Yeah, we uh, we busted the perch on the uh, driver's side on top of the axle tube. Uh, when that perch broke, um, I mean, everything everything just spun right underneath there. Uh, we snapped the drive shaft clean and two at the uh, at the yoke up at the carrier. It was uh, it was quite the thrill ride. <laughs> so you're telling me that when you go, you go big. Well, that was that was what we came for. We came here for the sled pull. Um, I we were so you passing. you weren't going to let a little thing about like your axle you know falling apart slow you down, right? <laughs> well, that's something you can't exactly see from in the cab. Um, you know, on this sled pull, you have you have at hundred feet. You know, if you're out of it by hundred feet, you can get you can start back over. We were well past the hundred foot, um, and uh, I, I knew I knew something broke. I thought that there was like an axle shaft that broke. Right. I didn't. Something simple. It's an axle right. shaft. I, I could, in the truck, you could feel it in the yeah. seat. You could feel that the front end was just pawing away. By the way, that would be so scary, dude. So he was pulling, is the last event of the day. It's the sled pull. He's going for it. This dude's like, I got nothing to lose. I'm, I'm doing 11 tenths. And I was on the side doing the live um, play-by-play coverage of the sled pull. He goes by me. I hear it break. And you see, what did it sound like? Was I mean, it clanking or a boom? No, it was just a weird noise. Like it was. There's so much noise anyway. It okay. was just something was off. And the rear <laughs> I would say, so. yeah, the rear tires weren't spinning as fast as the fronts because he still had front wheel drive because he's in four wheel drive. Oh. He broke his drive shaft, his carrier bearing, and he spun the tubes inside the axle housing, which meant that he broke his lower link and the whole axle rotated up and took the drive shaft and everything with it. Oh. And his rear tire ran into the front of his bed. So this beautiful red truck, and it was all mangled in the corner of the wheel. This this was it. This was the last event. This is what we come for. I wasn't I wasn't leaving without, you know, giving giving it all it had. I'm sure you're probably anxious to get back to your truck. You've got a little <laughs> bit of a duct taping to do before you uh, before you head home, but we really appreciate you making some time for us. Hey, thank you very much. All right, buddy. I'm Sean Holman, and I'm reporting live from inside the studio. <laughs> Dude, no, that, was, that was a good interview. Good, well, well done. Well done. Who's next? All right, so let's do uh, Cody Cook. Cody, where are you from? Martinsville, Indiana. So uh, I wanted to come check out your truck because this thing is an absolute beast. You laid down some serious, serious power numbers on the dyno up here at altitude. Uh, what were they? Um... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was hard to get uh, some all the info out of him, but uh, apparently, no, exactly. Okay, so I have in my notes: fourteen hundred horsepower and over three thousand foot pounds of torque. Wow! And actually, it was, right. so I had wrong info. It was actually twenty two on the torque, uh, twenty two hundred. Uh, I was. They gave me the overall, which is why I said three thousand. But still, I mean, twenty two hundred. I mean, yeah, right. Competition here is an eighth mile drag race with a eleven thousand five hundred pound trailer attached, and I believe you did that in ten twenty two at seventy nine miles per hour. That is correct. Oh my God, man! That that is some serious power. So tell us a little bit about your truck. Uh, it's two thousand one Chevy twenty five hundred HD uh, six six Duramax. Um, Compound turbo setup. It's got a 83 in the valley. GT 5541R. Mostly compounds out there, right? Not all. 
Oh, really? Yeah. There Twins? Some, there are some single guys out there. Any super turbos? <sighs> no, no super turbos and no triples this year, although we have had triples in the past. So how did you personally get hooked on diesel? Um, well, I've always liked going fast. I mean, that's one thing. Uh, I, I needed a truck to drive every day, so I needed something that was going to be fuel efficient i mean if i wanted to pull a trailer it had to be halfway decent i mean he didn't really make it fuel efficient now did he uh you know i think he's probably mid-pack surprisingly enough i think in our fuel economy test i don't think he really? i don't think he used as much as everybody else huh. the truck i i bought the truck uh it, it was making 600 horse I, or 700 horse um by the way uh not r- who wouldn't love 700 horsepower you know, uh, I would take it. Yeah, yeah exactly. But you're making double double that now, which is like insane because I think most people go, wow, 700 horsepower, that that's awesome. And then to be double that at altitude is like a like a stupid, amazing number. Like it's just so far out there. I think most people don't even know. Like you can't really compre- comprehend just how fast a truck with, you know, 1,400, let alone 1,000 horsepower is. Yeah, I, I was really happy with them. I mean, it might have got a little bit better if I had the lift pumps, but uh, honestly, it I don't know if the motor would have taken it. I mean, it would have just been more stress. I yeah. mean, what was your worst experience during, after, or before your truck build? What is what is the one thing that happened that just it bummed you out and maybe took you a little bit of time to to get excited about the truck again? Um. I don't know. I felt like he was about to cry for a second. Uh, he had a little bit of a, a, a rough uh, a rough day. Um, it, he didn't quite do as well as he wanted to. And I think when I got him, he was super bummed out. I think I got him in that mental state where he was really a competitor, had an incredibly strong truck, probably didn't have the showing he had expected. And I think he kind of felt like he let, let himself down. And they were wrenching on the truck and kind of wrapping things up. And I think I just got him in that, that period of time where – where he was sort of you, like he over was in it. a weakened state, and you yeah. just beat the piss out of him. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm there to do. <laughs> I'm old man. I've always liked. I've always enjoyed working on my truck. Yeah. I mean, it. So even in the bad days, you're still having fun because you're wrenching. Yeah, I mean, any any day I'm running the truck, and I mean, it's it might be a bad day at the track, might not get the times I want, but I mean, it's still. I mean, it's learning. I feel like you just should have handed him like an ice cream cone. I and was then, looking. And then, and then patted him on the back. And, yeah. It's okay, buddy. I was it's okay, totally buddy. there. Well, you'll, get, you'll get there once you figure out, you know, that's part of the, the process of, of building trucks is it's it's kind of trial and error and figuring out what works. Yeah, learning a new setup, I just, I've not had enough time okay, driving sure. it, so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so mean. <laughs> I don't think he was crying. I don't think he was crying like that way. I think he was just really upset. <laughs> By the way, I have a five-month-old at home, so that is a normal soundtrack to my day right <laughs> yes, now. It is. Who's up next? <laughs> All right, let's talk to uh, Travis Richards. I'm sitting right now in a pretty badass Ram Mega Cab with a G56 manual transmission. This is like uh, Cummins manual. You don't see them that much anymore. Tell me, who am I with and where are you from? Uh, Travis Richards from Clearfield, Pennsylvania. And uh, you brought this beast out to uh, Diesel Power Challenge, and boy, do you sound just beat up from the feet dude, up, dude. <laughs> I was. You got, What's your name? <laughs> at that point, I had I was trying to get the last of the competitors, and he was one of the last guys, and I had to run over there. And it's at altitude, and just like those turbo trucks, my ass was huffing at the and, end of the uh, day. <laughs> how's your week been so far? It's uh, it's it's been an experience, that's for sure. Uh, our goal was to go A to B, no breakage. 
and win the sled pull. And I think we accomplished everything we wanted. Right on. So tell us a little bit about your truck. A lot of fuel, big turbo, six-speed. Were you always a diesel guy? Were you a car guy first and then found diesel trucks? Or what What got you going into where you are now? Uh, I've always been into pickups. Uh, and I always wanted a 5.9 six-speed mega cab. It took me a little while to actually find one that I wanted. So uh, what was your worst experience before, during, or after building your truck? Uh, we went through a ton of carnage. I mean, uh, windowed blocks, melted down blocks, turbos. Uh, blew apart a tranny before. I mean, it, it's taken a long while to get here, but I think we got it dialed in. Holman, who do we have next? Wait, wait, wait. Before we say who we have next, I want to thank Nissan for making this episode possible. And I want to know how your Titan out in our parking lot is different than the Midnight Edition that I had uh, last week. Like what? I mean, obviously, aside from the fact that it's different colors, but you've got a, the Platinum Reserve? Yeah, Platinum Reserve. So top of the line, real nice interior, softer leather, all that good stuff. Love that truck. Road same trip. engine though, right? Same engine. Midnight edition. Same okay. basic truck as you had, just uh, one one level above it. Okay. Um, love that truck. Great road trip machine. Did twenty two hundred miles in uh, in four days in it. And uh, man, passed lo- the butt test. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was able to walk uh, from the truck to my uh, bedroom last night when I got home. <laughs> after the eighteen hour drive. Yeah. yeah. But seriously, thanks uh, so much for Nissan for being our presenting sponsor. And if you're in the market for a new truck, give give the Titan a chance, man. It, it is an impressive truck. Five year, hundred thousand mile warranty. Great road trip machine, great on the highway. That 5.6 liter endurance V8, I, you know. dude, in that exhaust note. Oh, oh it sounds so good. Yeah, yeah, it's immediate. I'm to gonna, die for. I, yeah, I mean, just passing people. Even if I'm 12 hours into my drive and I'm like, up, oh, guess I gotta pass them. <laughs> yeah, dude, rad. All right, who do we have next? Alan Burke. I'm Alan Burke, and I'm from Geneva, Ohio. And here we are at the 2018 Diesel Power Challenge. Any of these guys from the West Coast? They all from the Midwest. Uh, I think the guy who was furthest west was from Denver. Hmm. No Cali support. Nothing. Nothing. Ima- imagine that. That is, uh, that's <laughs> our uh, fine California Air Resource Board hard at work. <laughs> yeah, right. Right? Keeping people from having fun with their trucks. Yeah. So 2007 Chevy 6.6 Duramax. We got a single S475. We wanted a compound set up for the event. Didn't have time. And then we had a comp uh, 72 mil charger, dual ball bearing. Had about half hour on it and ate it when we were getting ready to put on the dyno. So we pulled a 475 off another truck and threw it on. New was not the best turbo to run out here. Um, yeah, the altitude's sort of a killer, and then you got to get into timing and tuning and all that fun stuff, right? Yeah, the altitude's really killed us with this turbo. We got it pretty well set up, and we put nitrous on the truck, too. Yeah, this event will really tell you where you need to focus. And, like, for us, it's just on the turbo side. I mean, we still got... This truck's only got 100 miles on the engine right now, so it's... Oh, what a, what a way to break it in. Yeah, they want 1,000 miles, and we ran 100 <laughs> miles, so oh, man. I can really stand behind this engine, so... So seriously, is that like the most gnarly break-in period of <laughs> yeah. any engine ever? 100 miles. Yeah, 100 miles, and he's out in diesel power challenge, like <laughs> yeah. just, oh, killing yeah, maybe, it. Yeah, maybe a bad idea. Yeah. Done diesel. Um, I think it was like 2010 or 11. I mean, I had a 12-valve back in like 09. I think I bought a 12-valve. I drove that for a little bit, and I was like, well, this isn't enough. I was like, I need more. <laughs> Sold that. Just had a little, like, Toyota drive around in S10 for a while, and then I was looking for about three months for a Duramax. I love Chevys. I've always, I remember back in, like, fourth grade when it was 
I seen like the first Duramax. It was a crew cab, black dually, and a magazine. I was like, man, that's a nice truck. Really wanted it. By the way, that's my co-host Lightning. He's Mister uh, Chevy Duramax guy. I try and get him into uh, into other stuff, but uh, you know, he'll, he's back at the studio listening right now, probably laughing. <laughs> but he can definitely appreciate uh, your you love know. of the Chevy and the Duramax. <laughs> yeah, I grew up. My whole family's a Chevy family, so I mean, I, anyone with a Chevy tattoo in the family? Uh, not that I know of. I think I'm the only one of the few with tattoos, anyway. So. I think it was like 2000, late 2010, early 11. I looked for about three months for a Duramax. My one buddy worked at a dealership in the in the back, and he said, "Hey, we just got a Duramax in an 07 LBZ with like 60,000." Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, so I went out literally the next day after work, looked at it. You said, "Take my S10." <laughs> no, I think I, I think I had a Toyota. They gave me five hundred bucks. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'll get. I got like twenty five out of that. I kept it, sold it afterwards. Nice. I think it was literally like three days later. I brought the truck home. And the next day after I looked at the truck, called in, said, "Hey, I'm buying this truck. What can did, we do?" Did you tell them that you were going to take it apart and make it into a racetrack? At the time, I honestly <laughs> didn't think I'd be here. I mean, at first, I ran a couple months stock, and then put EFI Live on it. I was like, oh. It really is an addiction you have to feed, right? Oh, yeah. It gets expensive. <laughs> um, about a year after I put the bigger charger on at the time, because we had a transmission bill, the bigger charger, I was like, this ain't enough. So we did dual pumps, 30 over nozzles, and a compound, put an S475 on. Truck was fun, making 650. You know, it was a fun truck to drive around. A little bit laggy, but, yeah. it, I mean, it came to life real fast, though, too. Um, and then last year we tried again for DPC when the voting, the you know, the application thing came out. I talked to Ray at FTK Diesel. I was like, I want to do it. So he's like, okay. So we tried last year. Engine wasn't ready. I think I made like first or second alternate. I can't remember what it ended up being. Never made it out. Didn't have an engine. And then I was like, voting came around again this year. I was like, let's do it. So we sent it in again. And then next thing I know, we're at UCC watching the live feed kj announced i got 588 votes pretty cool uh, right yeah until i was like thinking about it, i was like well we got almost three weeks to put this <laughs> engine in and all i had was an engine in the cab i think was oh, just man. sitting there everything was literally sitting there so got some work to do yeah the guys at ftk diesel they pretty much shut shop down and just three awesome. weeks straight it's I mean. nice to have a shop with that kind of support and for all of all of us out there who are enthusiasts i think half the battle you know, it's nice to do things on your own, but if you're working with a shop, half the battle is having somebody who understands you and believes in you too. Yeah, they really stood behind me on like on the way out or before we left. I ate my charger after like a half hour. We think we know why, and then we hung an injector too. So at that point, I was just so stressed out. I was like, I'm ready to drop out. They convinced me. Just you know, we called Wagglers. And um, they said if they need, if we call us and ask, you know, fix, see if they can do the injector. If not, Jeremy Wagler said he had a set of injectors. So, I mean, he really stood behind us because that's yeah. it's a Wagler engine, and they stood behind us if we need anything. Awesome. This that's, is a tight community. I mean, I th- think that's one of the things about the diesel world is, man, people, you know, it's good to compete, but people want to compete against the best. And even your competition or your friends, people are always willing to help out and, and, and make sure that you're able to uh, put out the best truck possible. That's one of the things I've noticed I really appreciate about this industry. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Jeremy Wagler, they got their event going on this week, and he said if you guys need something, call. He's like, don't hesitate. He's like, we want the truck to get through and whatnot. So, I mean, we did the best we could. S&S came through. They We got out there Saturday morning. They checked up on us on the way out just to make sure we're on schedule and everything. They opened up shop. They pulled the one injector that was hung, cleaned it out. Um, they flow test the rest. Everything was good. So we loaded up, came out. 
I think it was Sunday morning. Sunday morning, yeah, we were in the parking lot. They threw the injectors on the truck, and that's all we had for time on this engine, really. Some of you don't know who Jeremy Wagler is. So Jeremy is known for uh, a lot of billet, right? And and his head work, correct? Amazing heads, especially in the Duramax community. So uh, he, he's got some pretty amazing products, stands behind his builds. Uh, I had a chance to meet him once, uh, actually, with Gail Banks at SEMA in his booth, and a really neat guy. All right, so who's next? All right, we got Shane Merriman next. And by the way, this is one of my favorite trucks. It was a uh, 74 Crew Cab Ford. No way, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it had Super Duty suspension under it and a Cummins in it. Nice. And it was just, it was a, it was a Fummins build, but it was cool. <laughs> and where are you from, Shane? New Brighton, Pennsylvania. So, uh... Tell us a little bit about your truck. It's a 1974 F-250. Originally, I bought it out of California. It was a two-wheel drive, 390 gas jobber. And it's cool. You, you can't see it. We'll post a picture up on uh, the Truck Show podcast socials. But it is a, uh, a crew cab, which is pretty rare for that era because those are basically fleet-only uh, vehicles at the time. So we're talking for service or yeah. things like that. And you were able to find one out in California, huh? Yeah, basically, uh, as my information tells me uh like railroads used to have them yep. government government use uh they would travel they would use them to haul crew back and forth but uh most of them either got rotted rotted away or they just got beat up so bad that you couldn't save them it's uh it's a family truck i use it um i mean i came into this event i believe i was a little bit on the underdog to tell you the truth the motor's basically a co-part special but uh i mean the truck held together we had some things you know, that came apart and we redid, and but uh, made through all the events, so I'm real happy about that. Tell us, what was your worst experience before, during, or after building your truck? Uh, I got a funny story on that one. So I'm, I'm putting in the 05 Super Duty axles in my truck. And and by the way, you've got the old 74 frame. Yep. The, if people look at pictures, they'll see that it has a 78 front clip. It's got the round headlights. Yep. And But you've got modern Super Duty suspension and axles underneath, including the radius arms style in the front. And it's it's really cool. Like, it's it's really bitching. So just so people who are listening have a point of reference of kind of what's going on with your truck. Yeah, it's definitely not a Super Duty frame, and I just set the body on it. I mean, everything, it's original. I tried to keep the most original parts um, to the truck. Um as I could, but uh, to go back on uh, the story, I was putting the modern 05 Super Duty axles under it, got the axles all bolted up, and I was onto the steering, and I used a 78 High Boy steering box, which I didn't know at the time, like the pivot arm was like forward or backward, so I I just fabricated everything, (laughs) and everything was looking really good, and I was really proud of it. And I got in, fired it up, and turned the wheel to the right, and the wheels went left. <laughs> I'm like, you got to be kidding me. See here, the, the pitman arm had, like was swapped 180. Yeah. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine how happy you are after fabricating everything? You've got your oh. Super Duty axles, and you're ready to go, and then it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> Sad clown horn. The <laughs> pitman arm had, like was swapped 180. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I closed the garage door and didn't look at it for like two weeks. <laughs> he just walked away. That was it. Yeah. That just uh, that's cracks me up. That's unfortunate. He's like, nah, closing the garage door. I'll, I'm going to revisit this. <laughs> yeah. So. Sometimes you just need a break. Yeah. All right. Who's uh, who's next? Uh, Andrew Morrison. Okay, Andrew, what? Uh, where are you from? Uh, from Salisbury, North Carolina. So personally, how did you end up getting hooked on diesel? Um, when I was younger, just, I was big into Mustangs and cars and then I got a diesel truck and saw how fast you could actually make one. And from then it just, it just went uphill. What was your favorite part about diesel power challenge about the week you had here? 
Uh, the favorite part, honestly, is probably meeting everybody. I mean, the events, you know, I, that was awesome too. But meeting everybody, getting to meet some faces, made a lot of good friends out of this whole event. It's almost like being in Boy Scouts or summer camp. Totally, you know, a summer camp, right? Yeah, you, know, you meet a lot of people and. <laughs> You know, and it, and we're all we were all competitive through the whole week, but at the same time, if somebody needed a tool or something happened to their truck, Holman, diesel, power, merit badge. Oh, that would be so <laughs> bitching. Or if something happened to their truck, or everybody was willing to give a hand, and that's what it's all about. We were all came here to do good. You know, people ended up having to wait and and ask if they could go last because their truck wasn't ready and everybody agreed not one person stood up and said no that's not fair um it's cool to, to come together with a sport that we all love together and able to do and everybody works together and that was that was pretty awesome just being able to meet people and have a good time so uh these are these will be the last three so third place second place and first place and these guys when i interviewed them didn't know where they ended up so oh. these are all before the awards and and whatnot so third place was trey hutton what uh what brings you to diesel power challenge this year I'm trying to make a name for Montana and myself. I got a bunch of crew members that get a good name out there. So uh, we're just trying to get our names out there that Montana isn't far behind times. So tell us a little bit about the truck that you brought to the competition this year. Um, I brought an 03 LB7, um, a 66 S484, compound setup, 100 overs, dual fuelers, supporting mods. Um, It's been daily driven, and I mean daily driven, negative 40 degree weather all the way up to 110 degree weather. I drive it every wow. day. Wow. Okay, so I'm from Southern California, so we, you know, negative 40. Like, I was in negative 25 in like a, a cold weather testing chamber once. I don't think I've ever been in negative 40. Please tell me that you have a thousand horsepower truck with a block heater. Uh, no, I do not. All right, well, how do you get that thing started in the cold? <laughs> um, don't have glow plugs, so either ether or it's in my garage. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. What was your worst experience before, after, or during your buildup of the truck? Um, transmission nightmares. I was tearing transmissions apart left and right because I was being cheap. Five-speed Allison? Yes, sir. So what did you end up doing to fix those problems? Um, ended up coming to Dimitri, um, telling him what I wanted, what I wanted to do. And uh, he said, let me have it. And he says, I'll deal with the rest. And it's been solid for the last two years, and I beat on it every day. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so what's the, uh, what's the best street race that you got into that you won? Um, it would have to be with Cody uh, and Dimitri's <laughs> team. Put a smile on my face. I mean, they couldn't get on top of the Chargers, but still, it's not very often a low-horsepower pickup gets a chance at like that. So, What was the one vehicle that you raced that you thought you would beat that smoked you? Um, none of them really smoked me. At the end, me and Cody uh, Pulliam from Customato <laughs> had a race, and we were both too hot to leave the line. So it was awesome. an interesting race. Right on. Well, hey, uh, thanks for competing at Diesel Power Challenge and have a safe trip home, and we really appreciate your time today. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. I like that guy. Good energy. Yeah, and the guy he's talking about, first place. Cody? Yeah. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Garrett Osain will be the next one. He came in second place at the 2018 Diesel Power Challenge. So, Garrett, uh, tell us a little bit about the truck. Actually, tell us where you're from. Uh, From Casper, Wyoming. Originally, I live down in Windsor, Colorado now. Okay, and uh, tell us a little bit about the truck that you brought to Diesel Power Challenge this year. 2010 F350 6.4 Power Stroke. By the way, that's a gorgeous truck. Like, that thing is really nice. I think a lot of people would like to have that as their daily driver. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. So uh, what sets your truck apart from the competition? What's different about your build? And then, more importantly, how did your truck do this week? I think the biggest thing with my truck compared to the rest is it's um, it's a VGT truck. It's got a variable geometry turbo, and it lights right away. It's, it's the only VGT truck in the competition this year, right? I'm pretty sure of it. it. I mean, that thing comes alive right now whenever I want it to, and it's 
it's tailor-made to run up here. I live up here, so. Yeah, so you're one of the few guys who isn't or wasn't affected by the altitude. A lot of these guys talk big numbers on the Internet. They come from sea level, and they come up here and absolutely get spanked because their tuning is way off. Oh, yeah, we see it constantly. And it's funny, it doesn't matter how many times you tell people, and it's just hard to believe how much the altitude affects these trucks. I mean, we see it all the time, especially with naturally aspirated vehicles down at Bandemir. Yeah. They come out here thinking they're going to rip out a 10-second pass, and they're running 13s and can't figure out why. I mean, right. the altitude is killer. And, and just for the record, Bandemir, I believe, is 5,800 feet above sea level, right? I mean, that's it's significantly – we're basically a mile up here in, in the Denver area. Yeah, it's, it's real high over there. And then the density altitude is usually – I mean, I think 8,000 is the lowest I've seen when we've been at the track. So. Okay. What, uh, how'd your truck do during the week? Did everything hold together well? Or were there any surprises that you weren't sure about? Um, <laughs> it, it, the truck did its thing. It really did great. Um, we grenaded the trans pump on the drag qualifier. And you did that. So you basically you missed drag racing, but were able to fix it in time for everything else. Because I think when you blew that up, we all thought it was the, uh, we thought the input shaft ended up being the pump. So what's amazing about this guy is uh, he blew his truck up, I believe either uh, drag qualifying or the trailer tow. Did not was not able to compete in the drag race portion. Still got second place. Missed an entire event. That's amazing. Yeah. So our initial thought is it was a shaft, and we kind of actually thought it was an intermediate shaft. Uh, we got it back to ATS, pulled it apart, and it was just the pump. It blew apart. Uh, so we put a new pump in it, new converter, and well, we hauled ass back to back to the track. The competitors were great, very gracious. They let us go last in the uh, obstacle course. Of course, I was already in hurry up and go mode and then i got in there and i felt like i was going too slow and uh got in a hurry and really kind of screwed us in that yeah that event really man it's been a hell of an experience a lot of this stuff is all new to me play around on the street play around at test and tune but i've never competed with the truck i've never been in something like this and you were one of our alternates and we actually had two competitors drop out and you being a local guy you were able to uh jump right in there and 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 take advantage of the opportunity really yeah really and I, i'm really glad and thankful kj called us and um like it's just a hell of an opportunity i had a great time regardless of the outcome amazing yeah, yeah i mean that, that guy had a great story and and he came in uh second place and he's one of those guys that just had a great attitude the entire time just happy to be there and uh just like really a pleasure to just this group of people was awesome yeah, the winner of Diesel Power Challenge 2018, Cody Pulliam. And Cody, where are you from? Ammon, Idaho. And Cody has one of the uh, the GM trucks here at Diesel Power Challenge. Uh, tell us a little bit about your truck. Um, it's a 2004 uh, Chevy Duramax. Um, has a fully built motor by Baird and Racing and Chassing. Um, got compound turbos, a 69 over an 88 from High Tech. Um, Scott from SDP built the whole twin kit from us. It's powered by and backed by a no-zone trans by Dimitri Miller. Um, it's definitely a good running truck, and say so have extra injectors and all that, and say so Custom Auto helps me a lot. James Brendel, the owner there, so it's definitely a good running truck. And what's your power level at? Um, my power level here, I did uh, 1050 or 1052. Um, back at home, I did um, just shy of 1500. Um, that altitude, man. It's definitely, when I get home, I say, well, I was going to go to a dyno event right after this, but I have a stuck injector, so. Yeah, isn't that always the way the diesel power challenge? There's always that one little gremlin, and it will expose whatever you have uh, going wrong with your truck at the time. Yeah, and so it's definitely crazy. We noticed it yesterday, a little bit yesterday, towards the end of the uh, day, that something was kind of wrong with it. But we made it to the sled pole, made it to the end, it drove off. Uh, we're 
winching onto the trailer right now just because we don't want to stick in the injector and pop a piston in it how did your uh, how did your truck do this week um i think my truck did really well this week so i'm happy with it and say it sucks that i'm not driving it back home and going to an event but it is what it is did you have fun this week oh yeah i had a blast it was definitely fun Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for your time. I know you want to get back to your truck and, and get it loaded up for the ride home, but uh, hopefully you had a great time here at Diesel Power Challenge, and we appreciate your time on the Truck Show podcast. Thank you. All right, thanks, buddy. And that is your Diesel Power Challenge winner, my friends, right there. Absolutely. Didn't really know. At this point, he hadn't won, so he, he didn't, didn't know. Right, right. Okay, so that's why you don't. he's not excited. You can tell he didn't yeah. have the adrenaline. You guys are listening going, I don't really understand. Yeah, yeah. Why does he sound kind of still yeah, down? These were done at he different hadn't, points. Right, he yeah. hadn't won yet. That's why. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that uh, we soothed his uh, sadness of, <laughs> yes. uh, of, of, not be, of that stuck injector and not being able to compete on the way home with the trophy he got. Yeah, so. of course, of right. course. He's like, nah, I, it, I'm, I'm good, I'm yeah. good. No, v- very cool guy. You uh, know what, I, I have a feeling, and I don't know this because I haven't been at the shop, but when that when these guys are helping to build sure. um, the trucks, that guy brings the, sh- the, the, the trophy back to the, yeah, to oh the yeah. shop, oh yeah. and everyone who worked on that truck is super stoked. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, it's not just about that guy and that the guy and his truck. It's about the team. It really is. Oh, yeah. Now, do they, would you guys consider, like, making multiple trophies to give to the shops? Or is there, I guess I you'd have to make maybe too many trophies. We've never you? done that before. Um, maybe it's like the Stanley Cup or something like that where they rotate. Each shop gets it for a week or something like that. Right. Do they all kiss <laughs> it? No, they drink out of it. They drink out of your out of the trophy. It's a big cup. It, it is? Oh, yeah. And so it's been tradition since we changed the trophy to a cup when I was the editor of Deuce Power uh, probably back in 2012. So the, so the winner has to bring it back? It has to give it up every year? No, no, no. We uh, The night they get it, right? we have an open bar. Okay. And they pour a whole buttload of alcohol in I, there. I get that part. Yeah, yeah. But is it the same? Are, are the, Like the Stanley Cup, there is only one. Right, right. No, there's is, only one of these. Really? Yeah. So last year's had to bring it to the event oh, and, no, no, no. and give it to— No, 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 no. I got what you're saying. No. There is every year our new set of trophies. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So the but the winner, everybody drinks, and that they cheers, and the second-place guy— Because I can imagine guy. one of the shops are like, I don't know, we lost your trophy, brother. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like, sitting in the safe. Yeah. No, they're, they're, they're very cool, but it's fun to see everybody drinking out of it and all that stuff. So who's next on the agenda? Mr. Holman. So I had this really interesting interview with Clint Cannon, the owner of ATS out of Arveda, Colorado. And uh, he told me, and I know he's been working on it for a few years because I've seen prototypes in the past. He actually has a non-delete, 50-state legal, performance diesel kit mm-hmm. with like 650 horse going through the California Air Resources Board for an EO number right now. So if this oh, thing gets approved. Oh, oh, okay, wait a minute. Okay. No, wait. What? Yeah. So, uh, so Clint has a DPF. I mean, I heard you. Yeah, I, I wasn't asking you to repeat. That's more of a rhetorical. Like, wait a minute. So he's making a high horsepower, very high horsepower, legal system. Yeah, all bolt-on parts. How with the DPF? How does that? Is he making a new DPF? Well, we talk about it in this interview. So why oh don't we? Uh, it uh, sounds like he's worthy of an intro.
This is Holman from the Truck Show Podcast, and with me right now is Clint Cannon, owner of ATS Diesel Performance in Arveda, Colorado. Got it. And uh, Clint, you're one of the big sponsors of Diesel Power Challenge. You've been a key sponsor for a number of years. In fact, we use the ATS shop uh, for our fuel consumption, as well as our dyno poles, as well as fixing a lot of these guys' rigs who who break. You've always been a gracious host, allowed the competition you know, into your backyard, and, and have always been great helping the guys out. What does Diesel Power Challenge mean to you and to ATS? You know, it's really our grassroots. Diesel Power Challenge is really the combination of all the events, you know, with, between sled pulling and, you know, driving around and the economy challenge and, you know, all of it. It makes it, it's such a great combination of how these trucks should perform on the street. And, you know, the with our vast product line, you know, doing trannies and turbos and torque converters and electronics and across the board, you know, these guys, you know, they really relate to what we build and what we put together. So it's just a... It, it, it's just an excellent event. You know, love seeing the guys come down. Now, you guys have been around for how many years now? Uh, this is going to be our 25th year, actually. Wow. So, yeah, 18 is going to be our 25th year anniversary. So if you've ever seen uh, the, the ATS logo uh, with the mountains then purple background, you may have seen them on the transmissions or on the uh, differential covers and some of the other things that you make. These guys make a really, really high-quality product. Uh, we've used them a lot at Diesel Power Magazine as well as our, our uh, competitors here at Diesel Power Challenge. I think it's important to bring up people who aren't familiar with ATS, and I can't imagine if you're in the diesel world that you're not, but if you are, you guys have been innovators for a long time, and, and ATS really started with some ideas that, that only you guys were able to put together, or you were the first to pull off. Talk us through that a little bit. Well, you know, I mean, you go back 25 years, you know, I was gen- generally a, a uh, automatic transmission rebuilder, then a couple years into it when the diesels came out, you know, we really saw a need for a heavy-duty transmission line, of course, that's when we kind of invented the multi-clutch you know the triple lock today or the five-star torque converter and as we move forward you know the, all the heavy-duty transmissions and then turbochargers and today what's really exciting is our emissions on stuff so you know is you know the is as it as diesel technology increases and you know the world we live in you know it's just higher stipulations you know to keep these things clean you know we're we're really excited to be part of that you know so all of our older technology you know obviously is still there but the newer technology is um, pretty amazing. You know, the efficiencies are getting way up there, having things clean. And the most exciting thing is with our with our engineering team and the manufacturing facility being the diversity of what we can manufacture and build and design. Is, You're doing that all in-house. Absolutely. You have one facility and you guys do it all. Absolutely. It's all it's all in-house in our 100,000-square-foot building here in Arvada, Colorado. And that allows us to, you know, develop and maintain the diesel performance industry. So we're not going to have the... Uh, so diesel doesn't die essentially. <laughs> and right now in the background, you can actually hear the one of the ATS diesel sled pulling trucks making a making a pass. We're actually sitting out here at the sled pull track, so that's what all that is. And and to Clint's point, all of us who are in uh, diesel performance, we know the challenges of diesel performance, and we know of the EPA. And for the longest time, you know, a lot of people have been all about you know deletes and things like that. But the reality is. Clinton and his team have been able to come up with a emissions equipment on performance product lineup that allows you to keep your DPF, get some serious performance, and you guys are actually so far along in this concept you've been working on for a while, you have a couple products in with the California Air Resources Board to get a 50-state um, exemption number so that you can sell it anywhere in the country. We do. So our Ford Dodge and GM products are pretty much done. Our Dodge product is being tested now. Um, so we'll have it, you know, compliant here in the next, you know, few months, hopefully. But, you know, after literally it's been seven years of 
of development. And really to get us there, you know, we, we had to kind of get away from like cast pipes on our compound turbos and, or I'm sorry, uh, welded pipes. So it's all castments. You know, we have specific software that runs it, our twin fueler. And what it, what it allows is you don't lose any efficiency, but you gain, you gain huge abilities to maintain power. You know, when these things get hot, they just derate. And by having the airflow, it doesn't derate. And, you know, diesel performance is here to stay. You know, it's not going anywhere. We're just doing it a little bit differently. So it's, uh, it's, it's going to be really exciting when we can actually sell this stuff, you know, with a uh, EO number on it. Which is awesome because, you know, I, I kind of feel like diesel performance is sort of like the early 80s for gas performance where everybody kind of got bummed out for 10 years and thinking that the hot rod scene is going to go away. And it takes companies like your own to, to really challenge the notion that it can't be done by coming out with these new products. And here comes the uh, sled pull truck again. We'll listen to it. <laughs> so awesome. So awesome to see those guys do their thing and, and, and hear them. This is a, this is a Ram Mega Cab uh, with duels on the back. So this is a pretty interesting truck. This uh, We just got this truck or this engine off the dyno, and it's a 3.0 truck running about 1,400 horsepower. <laughs> and the uh, interesting thing about it is it's one of the few um, or just about only common rail that's competing in this class. And, you know, the, the technology, what we learn with high-pressure high injection, keeping things efficient, keeping them clean, you know, that starts on the racetrack. You know, in this technology, it's a full-blown pulling truck, of course, but it's, uh, it's amazing how much te technology in these race trucks that we apply to the everyday trucks to get us where we're at. So when do you think that the, the new line of products will be out uh, that have the EO number, and then what are you calling that line? So when people go online to search it and, and you know, figure out that that's what they need for the state they live in or, or what they want out of their trucks, what can they search for? Um, generally, they're using the Vortex technology. Okay. So all of the, like the Cummins is, is currently, um, that'll be the first release. And that has the Vortex manifold. And, of course, it's our normal Aurora turbocharger. So we have three different turbocharger lines that you put on top of your factory charger. Um, then, of course, we'll offer it in kits that has the turbocharger and uh, bigger fuel pump. And then, of course, software. So we make it pretty easy. It's all bolt-on stuff. It's very factory-level castings, um, very clean. But generally, just kind of keep an eye open for the Vortex stuff. And that's, that's really what's going to follow the emissions line. And what kind of uh, power can you expect, um, either percentage-wise or maybe rough horsepower torque numbers, for an emissions-compliant um, performance package? When we do all the componentry, you know, whether, you know, the turbo, the twin fuel, the software. Um, By the way, I just can't get past that sound in the background. That whoa, 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 Dude, whoa, that's whoa, a whoa, 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 oh. whoa, 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 There's nothing that sounds like a common straight I, six. I just, I'm not there, obviously, yeah. but it feels like it's, there are vibrations going through your body as you're oh, trying to do this interview. I'll tell you, a 1,400 horsepower Cummins, you feel, you Is feel it, in the ground, like every power pulse. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> There's a little bit bigger DPF. Um, in some cases, a bigger intercooler. You know, all the same principles apply that the old diesels. You know, we just have to be a little tighter on how we're doing it now. But we're seeing power levels between 600 and 700 horsepower and 1,000 to 1,200 foot-pounds of torque. So entirely streetable. It's it's perfect for the guy who goes out and buys his brand-new truck and wants power but doesn't want to get into the emissions issues that can come with um, with pulling off your DPF or any of those things. People who live in a, in a New York or California, places that are very strict on those things, you're giving them an option that allows them to still hot-rod their truck, have a pretty phenomenal power level if you think about it. I mean, yeah. that's a couple hundred horsepower or more over factory, and you're talking about another, what, four or five? you know uh, foot-pounds of torque it's it's a serious upgrade but you're 100 percent legal when when it's all said and done yeah and and something that a lot of people don't really realize that these newer trucks are coming out say with they'll say do 405 horsepower at the rear wheels 
the problem is they heat soak right and you start pulling them and, and they then uh, yeah and all of a sudden you're actually you have a usable power level maybe 300 horsepower not only that but you also have where the uh the powertrain will torque manage the transmission and not even even if the truck's not heat soaked if it gets to a certain point that it doesn't like or those launches or whatever's outside the factory parameters that's it it's not going to give you the option it's going to derate absolutely and that's the biggest thing we see today was when you actually hook, hook a trailer to a vehicle you know all of these things they start working really well but the trucks start to derate and it might be from a transmission request mm-hmm. or it may be from the engine overheating and that's where we really capitalize we concentrate on our efforts you know the transmission upgrade packages it doesn't mean you need to get a new tranny sure it just means you need to do certain things like add the co-pilot so take care of some of that defuel and it raises line pressure it doesn't slip you know, the reason they defuel is either the engines are getting hot or the trainees are starting to slip. Right. So let's add on little components that allow the transmission not to slip and the engine not to overheat. So not only do you get more power, but you have sustainable horsepower. So basically, what in, in real simple layman's terms, what you're doing is you're raising the threshold by by building in more reserve capacity. And because you have more reserve capacity, you're not hitting the, the threshold targets where the manufacturer sees that it needs to pull out. And exactly. so people are having yeah. more usable power throughout their power range. And it, it's not just meant to, to drag race or anything. This is for somebody who wants to tow their Airstream as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's for guys that are, you know, want a nice, nice little street track for drag racing. But really, our focus is on the everyday guy, the yep. guy that has his trailer, takes his trailer to the boat, you know, is pulling a concrete yep. loader, you know. And but, the occasional beat a Camaro. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you well, round it all out. But it, I tell you what, it makes really nice packages. And, and these trucks go a long ways, you know. So, of course, that's why we offer the five-year, 500,000-mile warranty on most of the packages. And then once you do put all that together... You know, the the biggest thing, complaint that I had that I w- really wanted to get around was I was listening to shops, you know, across the country has been just, just literally thousands of shops that have been deleting vehicles because they needed to, because the trucks didn't work. Right. You know, come as soon as the trucks came out with, with urea, that was the that was the later generation after treatment systems, and they they hold up extremely well. They're very efficient. They really yeah. don't break much. We actually so, had uh, Steve uh, Steve Sanders from Cummins on a few episodes ago, and he talked about that. He said there's a, a small range of the DPF only trucks that you might want to avoid if you want a hot rod. But as soon as the urea came, you got a lot of that back, and they've become more reliable. Right. Yeah. No. It's it's great. It's 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 just a matter of time. You know, the manufacturers needed some time to get in this arena, so the you have the reliability and. You know, all my trucks are late model, and they've been, they're just phenomenal. You know, same setup. And, and again, you know, a lot of these shops got in kind of in trouble because they basically just did what the customer asked. And then their customer, five or six years later, comes back and says, hey, man, I went to trade in my truck, and the dealership, sure. you know, is dinging me on it. So, like, man, we need, you know, we need to help these guys. We need to help these brick-and-mortar shops, you know, have nice, clean kits that you can bolt on that keeps your customers happy. You know, as the customers aren't coming back saying, hey, man, you got to fix this stuff for free. So, you know, that day's coming, and we're excited about it. So if somebody wants to find out more about ATS, where can, where can they go, either on the web or on social? Uh, just go to the web, ATS Diesel, or social media, same thing, ATS Diesel, and we're easy to find. We're everywhere, so just type it in. Awesome. Thanks, Clint. We appreciate your time here on the Truck Show Podcast. Pleasure. Thank you. Right. So that is pretty freaking amazing. What yeah. is he doing about the electronics on the very late model trucks, 17, 18s? I mean, that's what he's working on. So, I mean, I, I don't know what the secret sauce is. Maybe we can have Clint on in a future. We're going to have to because yeah. we know that we can't get into those ECUs. Yep. So he's doing inline tuning? What What? What the what? I don't know. What and, the what? Did the, you did, Listen to my question. What the what? But did you hear what he said in the middle of that? Higher capacity or bigger DPF? So does that mean that he has a complete DPF replacement ready to go? for high performance that keeps you legal? What? 
All right. I don't even know what to say. I know. That's awesome. So what must a DPF cost? I have, oh, God. I don't know. <laughs> but his stuff is for late model. That's what he's getting EO'd first. Um, that's, you know, like you said, it's so he's probably, probably a working months right out. now. He's probably on 15, 16s, I would assume. Probably, yeah. Can't imagine he's Although on 15, he was, 18s. he was driving a uh, newer Super Duty that had one of his kits, and I don't know if it was that specific one. But, um, yeah, we should have him on. I, I'm, I'm curious. His stuff is going to require pretty exhaustive tuning. You got to get into the ECU for that. Well, and he's saying it's all bolt-on stuff, so mm. interesting to see how they do it. If they come out, they get that EO mm. number, a game changer. Pretty mm. cool. I mean, if you're a diesel enthusiast and you want a new truck, let me just say, don't want the headaches, get him on the phone. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll definitely get him on a future episode. Seriously, well done. Yeah. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm like, totally, well done. I'm totally getting a fuzzy from my mic for next time. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I love Connie. But I mean, look, you were using, I mean, you were, it's the truck show podcast, pretty right. shoddy equipment at best, you know, but like that was, uh, that was well done, dude. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, no, I was uh, pretty happy with that. I don't know what else to say. All right, well. Truck show podcast. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, by the way, send us an email if you want a t-shirt. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. And don't forget to check us out on our socials at Truck Show Podcast. That's at Truck Show Podcast. And uh, thanks to all of our special guests today from Diesel Power Challenge 2018, as well as Clint Cannon from ATS. What he said. <laughs>